Welcome to the Film Coterie. I'm Roger. And I'm Adam. And this is episode number 87, our Bad Boys for Life edition. And VHS. Yes, I'm I'm excited about both films, even though they're both dramatically different. And they both open this week. <clears throat> Absolutely. Well, if this is your first time listening to the Film Coterie, we are a general movie podcast, and we cover all things film. We love film. Um, and we kind of, this is kind of the witty banter section of the show, right, Adam? Yeah. And we should point out that we just did our best of the year, best of the decade list in the previous episode. So if you want to go back and check that, there's a lot of great movies playing right now that you can definitely check out. January can sort of be the doldrums for some studio releases, but there's so many good movies playing right now that you should read our list, look at all the other lists that are out there yes. and, and maybe check out some of these films while you can see them on the big screen. Absolutely. And, uh, <clears throat> we are full-blown into the awards season, and the Oscar nominations came out last week. And even though I think for the most part they got a lot of films right, I mean, a lot of the films they picked I really liked, if you look at my top ten list and you look at Adam's top ten list, I think you're going to find some amazing films that were left off yeah. the Oscar list. Um, what's a few films you might recommend, Adam, that got left off, that was on your list that got left off? Right off the bat, I was really surprised that Farewell was completely snubbed yes. from Lulu Wang and starring Aquafina. Um, that was one I had projected for a few categories, and it, it didn't get anything. Also, Lighthouse didn't get any love. And that that kinda... was the big one for me. When I saw The Lighthouse got snubbed, and I made the statement on the podcast that if Willem Dafoe didn't win Best Supporting Actor, I would be floored. There you go. And he didn't even get nominated. No. And Lighthouse, critically, has been one of the most highly yeah. reviewed films of the year by far, you know. Yeah, that was a surprise. And the weird thing is, I don't know their threshold for cutting off, but they can have 10 movie nominations for Best Picture, and right. there's only nine. Nine. So I don't know why Lighthouse, The Farewell, Knives Out, any of these other Not, films that missed yeah. the cut didn't make it. How about gems like Dolomite Is My Name? Uncut Gems. Uncut Gems. Yeah, yeah. exactly. These are... These are great films that we loved, and everybody we've talked to ha has loved, and yet here we are. We've got our list here, you know. I was really surprised to see Joker get 11 nominations. And, that just, yeah. I, I mean, I can see, okay, so The Irishman got 10, and I kind of saw that coming because it's Scorsese. The film is brilliant. You know, the Academy loves loves those kind of films to begin with, so that was a no-brainer. But Joker got 11? And the two surprise titles were uh, The Two Popes and Ford versus Ferrari. Which both films I liked. I think they were in that three, three and a half star range for me, but not anywhere on my top 10 list. No, Maybe not even for us. I don't think it was in my top 20 list, you know. Yeah. But anyway, we're not here to be a downer on the Oscars, but I I'll just say this. I will put my top 10 list against anything the Oscars have put out. And if you watch both, you know, hey, I mean, you know, I think you would like my list. <laughs> uh, so anyway, what else has been happening? Anything exciting? Uh, I've been watching a lot of TV shows. This is the one time to catch up because we yes. are low on screeners yeah. and screening events. So <laughs> there's just so much to consume right now. Yep, absolutely. You know, January is kind of that winter slow time for film releases um 
even though I think you'll find both the films that we're going to talk about tonight were, were a little surprising for me in a positive way. But um, Well, we've seen this trend the last couple of years. Um, better movies have been coming out in right. January. It's not just the dumping ground anymore because studios have seen an opportunity to make money. I'm not saying this about Doolittle, <clears throat> but I saw Underwater last week, and while we didn't review it, it's a solid, I won't say little film because it had an $80 million budget, but it's a solid film and not your typical, what you would imagine as a January release. Right, absolutely. And so, so you know, t- the first two films of the year for me are VHS Yes and also Bad Boys for Life. And um, I that, saw Cats, but we don't... you saw Cats. No, we don't need to get into Cats. <laughs> it's been a punching bag. I don't have anything good to say about it, so we can just move on. Yep. It hasn't gotten great reviews, but I'm already hearing rumblings that it is going to have a cult following one day. That's, it could. And it very well could, and good for it if it does, you know? I've never understood the people that have seen it twice on Broadway. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's but, just not for me. It's yeah. a, it's a, Now we're talking about cats. I said I wasn't. I'm but, sorry. I, it's my fault, Adam. I pulled you in. It's a movie in a play, musical where people just introduce themselves for two hours. There's no real plot. Someone new comes out and sings about themselves, and then another new person introduces themselves and sings a song. So it's it's really not for me. Okay. Yeah, but there might be some people it's for, you know? You Millions know. have seen it on the stage. There you go. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited to get 2020. Brand new year. We have put 2019 to bed. We've listed our top ten films. My number one film, if you missed that episode, was 1917. I loved that film. Um, It ended up on my best of the decade. Um, Your number one was? Parasite. Parasite, which is a great film. And hitting Blu-ray this month. So if you haven't had the chance to check out in the theater, it's coming home soon. Yeah, I would highly recommend Parasite. Um, And don't be surprised if it sneaks in. It's one of those sneaks in and wins best picture. I wouldn't be surprised in the least little bit. No, I think it's a lock for best foreign. Yes. But I think it's got a fair shot at best picture overall, too. Yep. But you've got the Irishman lingering there. You know, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. (laughs) And Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which are two massive, massive films. Well, anyway, let's jump into Bad Boys for Life. Let's listen in to a little bit of the film. And when we come back, we'll give you our thoughts. You are listening to the Film Coterie Podcast. All right. We'll meet at the club at 2300. You see, so wear your Sunday best. This is a grab. We're in. We're out. No bodies. This raid is strictly non-lethal. Non-lethal. Uh, has anyone informed the bad guys? ACLU rounds. Rubber. Trust me, you'll enjoy them. You get to shoot as much as you want. Bad boys, bad boy. Hey, what she gonna do? do? What she gonna do when we come in? Hey, hey, uh-uh, no, no, never. Y'all will never do that again. We're back, and that was a little bit of Bad Boys for Life, the um, third installment from uh, Will Smith and Martin Lawrence. And, and we have to acknowledge, they take their time between these sequels. Yes, they do. We looked in the first one, I think, came out in 95. Yep. And then 2003. Yep. And here we are, if you can believe it, 17 years later. Part three, Bad Boys for Life. Absolutely. And I'll say right from the get-go, these are two, the the first two films, I don't know if I've ever sat and watched them completely through. I've caught an hour here, 20 minutes here, 40 minutes here. I'll sit and chuckle and watch a little bit. And I pretty much knew the premise of the films, 
going in. You had seen both of them, and I think yeah. theatrically even probably. Oh, yeah. No, I I can't say I'm a huge fan of the franchise. I enjoy it, but it's not something I've revisited. Right. They were always just positive viewing experiences for me, and then I moved on, but I've enjoyed the series. And so, you know, tonight, I, I have to say I was pleasantly surprised. I mean, I was, you know, I, I maybe I didn't have the bar real high, but... Our crowd loved this movie tonight. Yep. Laughed and roared and applauded at the end. Uh, I mean, it was. If you are a uh, uh, representative of the film and you're in our theater, you're just lights out. You're just high five and you're thinking we've got a huge hit. And they may have a huge hit on their hand. I don't know, but the, our our crowd was totally into it. Full house, laughing. Uh, all the jokes seemed to land. Um, I laughed out loud several times. It's these are just fun movie experiences. Sometimes you want to go to the theater. You already know what's going to happen. You already know how the movie's going to end, but you just want to go along for the ride and enjoy it. And I did. I enjoyed the film tonight. Yeah. Uh, so there's a mix to the Bad Boy franchise. This is the first one not directed by Michael Bay, but the potent mix is humor action sort of some satire of action franchises they make fun of themselves as i was telling roger the police chief in this one is very much a caricature of other police chiefs oh yeah you know you, you destroyed half the damn city kind of police chief the series has always been smart enough to sort of make fun of itself and the thing that has always sold this movie because buddy cops don't always work as a film but you just can't help but really like Martin Lawrence and Will Smith in these roles. Yep. You buy that these guys have been partners for 20 years. They have such a natural chemistry. Yes. They're very funny off each other. And they can say so much with even just a look. So I'm very pleased to report that they haven't lost a step as far as their chemistry or anything else between Bad Boys 2 and this one. And this one is a is a good entry. I think Bad Boys 2 is still probably the best film in the series. But this one's fun. Yeah. Uh, the action's a little more restrained mm -hmm. than when Michael Bay was at the helm, but there's still plenty of explosions and shootouts. Yep. And I think the humor really landed on this one. I won't say all the jokes landed, but the ones that did really earned their laughs. Well, one of the things you said as we walked out of the theater was, you know, Martin Lawrence gets all the great lines and he delivers the lines greatly and we all laugh, but he... He's he's like playing the straight man and the comic. He does both, and he's the everyman. He's <laughs> he's the family guy. He's the one you identify more with. Yeah, because Will Smith is the one that's wearing the flashy clothes and driving the sports car and doing all the action stuff. Right, but I thought Will Smith did a really good job of saying, "Man, maybe I'm coming toward the end of that part of my life," you know. And and you know, um, I, I didn't think the movie was. You know, the it gets a little strong-handed toward the end, but I mean, no more than any maybe any other real mainstream film that's released right now. So, and it's nowhere near as ridiculous as a Fast and the Furious title. No, there's no one punching a torpedo to change the direction it's <laughs> <No>. going. <laughs> not to say that this is a realistic movie in any sense of the word. It's not. No. Yep. But it it knows how to play its cards. Yep, and, and the play them pretty yep, well. The cast is good. Vanessa Hudgens plays Kelly. Um, I didn't realize that was her. I, I didn't either until I just saw that, you yeah. know. So here she is playing a grown-up daughter, I guess, play, play, you know. And, uh, um, yeah, it was a good, good, good film. And, man, Joe Pat, how do you say it, Pataleona? Joey Pants. He's is, great. Is, is what he goes by. <laughs> He's so great. And, uh, um, 
there, there are a couple of uh, jerk you out of your seat kind of moments. Like there's shock, some surprises, you know, in, the some surprises yep. in the script that were solid. I thought um, twists to keep it going. Yeah, absolutely. I really liked. I, I like this film. I mean, you know, it's just what you want in the winter. It's something to do to go out, have fun, enjoy the film, laugh, and you know, uh, watch the bad bad guys get caught by the good guys, you know, by the bad boys. Or the good men. <laughs> or the good men. It doesn't sing as well, does it, Adam? No. But I'll <laughs> say this, too. I mean, this is the best I've seen Will Smith in a number of years. Even when you go back to Gemini Man and some of the other recent films he's done, he's just more alive in this film, and I think yes. it's Martin Lawrence bringing it out of him. I mean, those two are very funny. Yep. But there's there's more of a spark to Will Smith's performance in this film yep. than I've seen in a long time. He's more awake. Yep, absolutely. I would agree. So, and if you watch this movie, you're going to want to put Martin Lawrence in whatever you're doing next. He he just nails his he's delivery. So great. Yeah, he's such a good screen presence. Yep he eats he eats the screen up. And we he's, don't get to see enough of him. He's funny and uh, he he's just. Um, why is it you just, it don't matter, you just relate to Martin Lawrence. You, you, you just think, if I was in the, but here's, here's what it is. He's making a commentary on the movie the whole time. He's us. Yeah, I guess he's, I, he's us, exactly. Yeah. And so, you know, when, when, when the reveal comes toward the end of the crazy stuff Will Smith has done to get them into this predicament, he won't leave it alone. Yeah. He's going to bring it up three and four times. You did what? You did what? And he's asking people on a plane, what? What do you think about that? Would you do that? You know, <laughs> yeah. kind of a deal. And so it's kind of like what we would do to kind of critique and say, that was just crazy. That was just nuts, you know. So very fun, very enjoyable. And I had a very similar reaction to this than I, as I did after Dolomite. When I saw Eddie Murphy, you just think, <coughs> well, haven't these guys been in more stuff? Absolutely. You know, uh, great chemistry. I hope they do a Bad Boys again. I would go and see it, you know. I don't and know if what. they do, I, don't, I haven't seen where this is projected at. They certainly are setting up more stuff in the future, and I would say we're probably not waiting another 13 years if this one's a hit. Yeah, I, I would so there's, agree. There's interest by the studio in this as a franchise, and I think you'll see. Um, stay for the credits for a little bit. I'll yeah. say that. Yeah, absolutely. It's not at the end, but it's right at, near the beginning of the credits. Yeah, there's some the additional first, scenes. Yeah, within the first two, three minutes of the credits, you're going to get additional scene. So that's a recommend for me. How about you, Adam? Yep, definite recommend. This is the movie you go to, get the popcorn, get the drink, just kick your feet up. Yep, enjoy and have it. just a, a fun time. Absolutely. All right, well, we're going to switch gears, and we're going to uh, review a kind of a, a smaller scale film. An indie debut. Yeah, by one of our favorite production companies. Oscilloscope. Yep, they, they reached out to us in our early days of film coterie and have... Uh, hung in there with us and sent us screeners and, you know, treated us like we we were just as important as anybody else. Yeah. And so, hey, we're going to promote them as well, too. So. And they make good movies, so and it's an easy do. promotion. See, that's the thing. They make good movies. Well, let's get into yes. VHS, VHS. Let's take a quick break. You are listening to The Film Coterie. When we come back, VHS. Hi there, my name, my name is Ralph, and I just got this camera. To kind of balance the, the muzzle of the gun while they shot Skeet. 
beginning of the fall of mankind. Blast it off! We have to have lesbian sex and orgasm multiple times. So you're telling me you can watch, you can record late night TV with this stuff and watch it in your room later? Genuinely bipolar. Okay. Well, I wasn't that before I met you. Okay. <laughs> Just so That's called projection. Have, when you, you know, project your problems uh, onto other okay. people, well, it's called I don't projection. Know. I'm not a drunk. That staining um, actually is blood. And a cabinet full of lucky bones and hair. What's so funny? Nothing. Ralph. Did you put a tape in that? Yeah. Was it blank? I, I think so. If you find this video, where you're probably dead. Okay, and we are back to discuss VHS. That is a new indie horror comedy. Retro by, comedy, right? Yeah, all yeah. shot on VHS. And, and the way you spell it is V-H-Y-E-S. One word, V-H-Y-E-S. And it's brought to us by writer-director Jack Henry Robbins, who's the son of Tim Robbins and Susan Sarandon. Yeah. And I it, had the chance to check this out at Fantastic Fest. It was one of the most buzzed-about films there that was debuting Mm-hmm. And then Roger recently got a chance to see a screener this week. So now yeah. we're going to review it. If you go back through our Twitter, you'll see my early take on it in September. Yeah. And if you love the 80s, you're going to you're gonna maybe connect with this film. The premise is a 12-year-old uh, boy named Ralph accidentally records home videos in his favorite late-night shows over his parents' wedding tape. Yeah. So what's fun about this movie is it was actually shot on a VHS camcorder. And it's a mix. You get to see parts of the parents' wedding. You get to see these two kids. He gets the camcorder for Christmas, and then right away they start playing with it and making these tapes. And he's also recording the late-night TV that he can't stay up and watch. So the movie is bouncing between all this, including the narrative of the two boys that are eventually going to get into a haunted house, of all places. And I got to say, it's all fun. But the late night bits really kill because they bring in some of the the best improv comedians we have with Kerry Kenny, Thomas Lennon, Mark Proch. I mean, there's a lot of really oh, yeah. funny people here. Yep. And I don't know if it was all scripted, but I imagine there was a lot of heavy improv because it's it's really funny. Yeah, absolutely. And and I really enjoyed the film a lot. Um, uh, it, it's very nostalgic to go back and laugh because I was, you know, I was a teenager of the '80s, so I'm slightly older than the main character, but um, I can remember staying up late and, and watching the bizarre home shopping antiques roadshow. Just the characters that would be on the TV. Uh, you know, late at night. the the believe it or not, they used to bring porn to to the late night and cut all the porn out of it. <laughs> yes. So all you literally would get was the bad acting. And sci-fi stuff. And, and sci-fi stuff, you know. So so all of, the, all of that is there. It's funny. Uh, almost all the bits hit. Um, there's a little bit of a small horror element as they find a, uh, a, a house that's haunted, you know. Um, and they have to go explore it with their camcorder. Uh, yes, they have to go explore it. And there's also a little... You know, reveal about the parents. There's a reason he's recording over their wedding tape, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I liked that beat of the story. Uh, if there's only one one miss, I think I would point out is, and they may not even have been trying to go for this, but it would have been nice to see them explore that maybe a little bit more. You could have really kind of went a little more, not dramatic, but you could have brought some substance in with, 
some commentary on where the they tried to, but it just didn't seem to really resonate with me. The mm-hmm. uh, the parts where mom and dad's rosy, beautiful wedding day is nothing like the marriage they currently have, you know. Um, but it, I mean, it's still good. And and then again, the bits, the the stuff he records late at night is just hilarious. I'll say this: I mean, it's a minor miracle that this all meshes so well together. Sure, you have all these disparate elements. You have the wedding tape that you're seeing parts of. You're having the late night. Uh, cable kind of segments, and then you're having the story that's moving forward. Yeah, and it all really kind of works. And it all just works together, and it's a very breezy and entertaining 72 minutes. Um, this is a midnight film. This is one of my favorite genres of just the weirdest, wildest WTF stuff you can find, and it's starting to play some theaters this weekend. Um, I know our own local Gateway Film Center is playing this at midnight on Friday, and that's a crowd I'd love to see this with. Yep. Because at Fantastic Fest, this won the whole crowd over. Very good reaction to everything. Um, Tim Robbins absolutely killed me in his scene in this film. He's sort yes. of acting in Fast Forward. Yeah, it's great. And it's a very funny bit. Yep, absolutely. So I, I would recommend, if you get a chance to see it... It'll be on VOD. Yep. Uh, it'll be available from Oscilloscope. So I definitely recommend it as a rental or even if they price it, you know, as they usually do, kind of low for a purchase. Just go for the purchase. Yep. This is one I'm looking forward to revisiting. Yep, absolutely. Me as well. And, uh, um, you know, we've seen some of these found footage or whatever kind of films, these VH, the older. And and so this isn't something brand new, but I liked the lighthearted touch, the comedy they bring to it. The um, it looks like a 12 year old put this together. It's stuff that, you know, is cut off and and you want to see the end of certain bits and it just cuts off and goes back to the wedding. You're like, no, I wanted to see where this bit was going. You know, there's a, Anti-Bob Ross, the opposite of a Bob Ross, Joan the painter. That's you know, She's great in this. And she is excellent, very funny. Um, yeah, there's just a lot of great bits to it. Um, would be fun to watch. The kids are okay. The kids are good in it. I mm-hmm. thought they were yep. fine. And uh, very enjoyable. I, I, I you know, didn't know what to expect when I started watching it, but I found myself drawn right into it. This is one you can definitely go into cold you oh, know, yeah. and just enjoy the ride. And like I said, it's a perfect midnight movie, so if you can get the chance to see it with that type of crowd that's into it, you're in for a treat. Absolutely. Okay, so I think that's going to wrap it up for VHS. That's also, here we are, two films and two recommends. Um, in January. Yeah, when, when, when we, let's take a quick break and just see what we have in coming attractions, and then maybe there's anything else we've seen or anything that's on our radar we're excited about. Uh, you are listening to The Film Coder. We will be right back after the music. and we're back and this is kind of our coming attraction segment what do we have to look forward to in the weeks to come i have a feeling the movie season is going to ramp up pretty quickly adam yeah we have a lot of big budget films coming out in february the birds of prey which is the suicide squad sequel with harley quinn we have sonic the hedgehog after he's been fixed they went and retooled him because no one liked the way he looked and then blumhouse is hitting us with two with fantasy island and the invisible man yep now, 
what I'm really excited for in February is some of the limited releases. These movies are all great. And just seeing that they're all coming out in the same month has me excited that people are going to get the chance to finally see them and, and talk about them. Right. So Come to Daddy is coming out. That's Elijah Wood. Aunt Timpson directed it. It is one of my favorite movies from the many Fantastic Fests. Okay. It's a guy reconnecting with his dad who he doesn't know. And his dad is weird. And they're in the middle of nowhere in Vancouver. And crazier and crazier things just keep happening. <laughs> Come to Daddy. I'm I, in. Is the only film I've ever bothered to see at two different film festivals. Wow. I saw it at Overlook and then I, I chose it at Fantastic Fest again just to see it with a Fantastic Fest crowd. So I missed out on seeing something new. Right. Just to see Come to Daddy again. That's how much I enjoyed it. Wow. Uh, the Lodge is a very solid horror movie coming from, I believe, A24. Okay. Then we have After Midnight, another Fantastic Fest title I loved. This is a guy going through a divorce and no one believes him. It's a breakup, not a divorce, but no one believes him that there's a monster trying to break into his house every night. And again, just, I love that film. Oh, man. And then finally, of Guns Akimbo. This is a Daniel Radcliffe movie where he gets guns literally bolted through his hands so he can't drop them and hitmen coming after him. And he's got to run through the streets with these guns attached to his hands. Nice. All right. Well, it sounds like we have some good stuff to talk about in the weeks to come. Uh, but until then, how can re- as they go through our top 10 list and compare it to the Oscar list, and as they see some of these films that we were able to see a little bit early, like 1917 and some of these that are in wide release, how can they connect with this on the internet, Adam? Super easy. We use the same handle on all the social media platforms. It is just at Film Coterie. So we look up at Film Coterie on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and you'll find us. All right. That's going to wrap it up for this week's episode of the Film Coterie podcast. We'll see you next time.